Well, hello and welcome to H2 Tech Talk, the podcast series from H2 Tech, the new hydrogen technology journal from Gulf Energy Information. I'm Adrienne Bloom, Editor-in-Chief of H2 Tech and your host for H2 Tech Talk. A couple of weeks ago, we discussed blue hydrogen's role in the energy transition with New Fortress Energy. And this week, we'll be talking about decarbonizing different sectors with green hydrogen with Dr. David Engel, Managing Director of the Nexo Solutions Companies, which includes the green energy-focused companies Neox Consulting and Pico Investments. So before we get started with the discussion, I'd like to remind you to please subscribe and share the H2 Tech Talk podcast for more expert discussions on technology and trends in the hydrogen sector. It's easy to subscribe. Just click the subscribe button on iTunes or Blueberry. So without further ado, I'll ask Dr. Engel to tell us a bit more about himself and what Nexo is doing in the hydrogen space. Dr. Engel? Thank you, Adrian, and thank you so much to H2Tag for inviting me to talk about uh, hydrogen and green energy. My name is David Engel. I'm the managing director for Nexo Solutions Companies. And uh, we have in the past year started a uh, strong initiative into the energy transition and green technologies. Uh, we have uh, two uh, current initiatives in that space. One is NeoX Consulting, and that has to do with consulting and technical support and uh, business intelligence for green technologies and alternate or alternative energy sources. And also PICO Investments that uh, looks for funding and uh, initiatives for joint ventures, as well as investing in companies that promote green technology and sustainability. Uh, so again, I would like to say thank you so much. Uh, these two uh, divisions of Nexo adds to our green technology that we currently have at Nexo Solutions, which are Sulfur Suite and Exion Systems, which uh, focuses on sulfur removal for uh, hydrocarbon streams to minimizing uh, sulfur emissions. Thanks so much, David. appreciate you um, giving us an eye on what you're doing at Nexo and, and a little bit more about you. So. Uh, Tell me a little bit about the project that you're currently working on in Chile to decarbonize the metals mining sector. Um, I think you said you're using waste heat to produce hydrogen. Uh, tell me a little bit about the technical aspects of that. Exactly. So it's a, it's a very interesting and innovative project that we are developing locally in Chile. Uh, Chile is a country that uh, explores and produces and exports a significant amount of, of metals, specifically the copper metal, as well as lithium as well. And uh, we were looking with uh, NeoX Consulting into options and avenues to reduce carbon footprint in uh, several industries. And as we came here to Chile, to, to Santiago, which is the capital and is my native country, uh, I detected a number of opportunities in, uh, in the um, industry in terms of um, how to look into mining in a more environmentally sound wave. And uh, that's that environmentally sound wave way has to do much with uh, decreasing the carbon footprint. 
and uh, that lead us to a number of, 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 of avenues to decarbonizing mining operations. And specifically what we have been looking into is decarbonizing the mining of copper, which is a very uh, important element uh, from uh, anywhere from electronic industrial applications as well as household applications. So if you think about uh, the mining of metals, um, independent if it's copper or not, there's a couple of steps um, that the production um, has. Uh, the initial one is the mining of the ore, and that is uh, carbon intensive. Usually it's done with machinery that is uh, powered by fossil fuels. So there is a carbon footprint related to that. Once you uh, remove the ore uh, from location or from the mines itself, you have to transport it, uh, the ore to the point of metal production. And that's also uh, energy intensive and also has a carbon footprint. Um, the mode of transportation today is based on, on fossil fuels. Um, then that metal ore has to be transformed in metal itself and that has to be transported to the point of use nationally or internationally. Uh, those are also based on fossil fuels uh, today. And then there is the waste management, uh, the waste of this operation, which has mm -hmm. to do in, 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 in some extent to uh, uh, the use of fossil fuels. So in, in looking at all those uh, steps, we detected that there was a significant amount of, uh, of heat in the metal production itself that was not harnessed, it was not uh, taking advantage of. And uh, we thought that that could be a leading point of transforming that waste heat that's not being captured, which is extremely intense, it's not being harnessed uh, to do something with it. And, and that's where the whole project hinges in taking that, uh, that waste heat, that it's waste because it's not being used today and transforming into, uh, into energy, into electricity, uh, to power uh, electrolyzers to produce oxygen and hydrogen and that ultimately is used uh, in the front end in the ore mining and transportation uh, to use as an alternate uh, carbon uh, free energy. Okay, very interesting. Yeah, that, that's great that you can capture that waste uh, heat stream and reuse it back into the into the mining process in kind of like a circular economy way. So I'm I'm curious um, with uh, with that hydrogen that's produced um, using that waste heat to to uh, power the electrolyzer, um, how will it be applied in the mining process? And also, will you have any surplus hydrogen to do anything with, or will it pretty much all be um, put back into the mining process? Right now. Uh... Even if we use a good portion of that waste heat uh, to produce hydrogen, it's, it's, it's energy intensive and the yield of transformation of that waste heat into electrical uh, power and electrolysis, uh, it's not a very high 
uh, yield. Um, I think as okay. developments in, in the future happen, I think that's going to be much better. But the use is directly in the transportation uh, of the, 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 the ore um, and the mining itself in the trucks and uh, the, uh, the equipment uh, okay, I think. mining operation. All right. Okay. So it goes back into the equipment, into the transportation. Um, are these types of uh, waste heat streams, um, would they be available in many mining projects like this where you could theoretically, um, you know, bring along electrolyzer and, and produce hydrogen for use back into the pro to back into the process? Is this something that um, is uh, characteristic of many operations of this type? I think it depends on the size of the mining and the mode of operation of the mining. It depends how they're trying to 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 look into the, the future and also what product they actually have. Some mines just mm -hmm. produce the ore and export the ore. Some mines will export the concentrate and only a few mines will actually have the metal production itself. Those are the bigger mines the more sophisticated ones that from the mining has metal production itself has the whole value chain. So that's where we are focusing. Okay, I see. All right, interesting. So um, talking a little bit more about the hydrogen projects that your company is involved in, you're also working on a developmental project for green ammonia production. Um, can you talk about that project and, and how the hydrogen from that project will be used? Exactly. So uh, hydrogen itself, uh, it, it has its challenges in order to store it, transport it and use it. One of the options that we're looking if there's going to be in the future a surplus or if there's going to be any hydrogen uh, uh, usage um, and it's it's well known that ammonia is a very good uh, carrier for hydrogen uh, mm -hmm. because hydrogen itself it's not easy to handle it's a great energy carrier uh, in and of itself um, it has high energy per unit mass but it has a very low density mm -hmm. um, it's it has about one-third of the density of natural gas so mm -hmm. In order to store it and transport it, you actually have to liquefy it. And mm -hmm. to liquefy hydrogen, it's not very easy. You have to go to minus 250 Celsius and you have to pressurize it anywhere from 100 to 300 times atmospheric pressure. Mm -hmm. uh, but liquid hydrogen actually uh, uh, packs about 40,000 uh, watt hour per kilo of of liquid uh, hydrogen as opposed mm -hmm. to only 280 watts hour of a lithium uh, battery. So it is a great power source, a great energy source. However, as I said, the transportation and storage is not that easy. Um, so hydrogen uh, can be carried uh, using another molecule, which is ammonia. And mm -hmm. ammonia is something that's easier to liquefy it liquefies at only minus 33 Celsius and mm -hmm. at much lower, uh, you know, the energy to pressurize it, not 100 to 300, uh, you know, times atmosphere is only 10. Um, and 
in addition is fairly inert to metal surfaces, something that hydrogen is not. So, mm-hmm. and that's why we were looking into avenues to a green ammonia um, to both use as a feedstock for fertilizer, which is a you know very large industry, as well mm-hmm. as a carrier for hydrogen. And if you use both, depending on the route that you go, for example, if you use ammonia as a carrier, you do have to, at the point of use, you have to recrack the ammonia into hydrogen and nitrogen and then use the hydrogen as your energy. If you use it uh, as as a fertilizer, the, the interesting point here is nowadays making ammonia from conventional methods actually has significant amount of CO2 emissions. It uses about on average is reported a 2% of the fossil fuels in in industry application and it's about 1% of emissions, CO2 emissions. So looking into ways of making a a hydrogen that is a green uh, and, and that fuel ultimately into making green ammonia is something that we see as attractive, as I said, from both perspectives um, as an energy carrier for uh, uh, hydrogen, which is simpler and probably safer. And I think we're gonna see developments in the future as ammonia as the carrier, and Mm -hmm. also as the feedstock for fertilizer, which is a, you know, um, almost an $80 billion per year market uh, uh, size uh, mm-hmm. used everywhere in the world. And yes. nowadays with a growing population even more. So a source mm-hmm. not only for energy and transportation, but also also as a, a fertilizer is our, is our focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, and I've, I've been hearing a lot about different green ammonia uh, projects and initiatives that are ongoing and and we, I think we expect to see more of those and and I think that you know as the price point uh, for the you know the green hydrogen sort of um, projects um, starts to come down we're going to see that even incorporated even even more um, so one thing that um, I wanted to also talk to you about, especially because I, I know that Nexus Solutions, you know, has done a lot of work in, you know, conventional oil and gas and, and things, um, things like that. So we're seeing a lot of companies with long histories in the conventional energy and energy services space now moving in more and more into alternative and renewable energies um, such as hydrogen and and focusing heavily on decarbonization efforts and the energy transition and just looking ahead to to that. And so what do you think are the main business and market motivators for this? And where do you expect these efforts to take uh, the oil and gas industry over the next 10 to 20 years? You know, that's very interesting that you asked that because uh, we're working with a major um, in, uh, you know, a green energy uh, project as we speak. Um, right now, the cost per kilo uh, of 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 hydrogen is in the vicinity of four to five dollars, uh, and. The expectation here in Chile, because there is many incentives and because of the geographic location, 
the north of the country has significant amount of sun and other uh, other either areas as well. The expectation here in Chile with all the initiatives in the green hydrogen is that they can achieve about a dollar and a half per kilo of hydrogen, which is significantly lower than all the, um, you know, expected cost of, of hydrogen and how the hydrogen should decrease in the next 10 or 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, now, respect to the, the, uh, the items of, you know, where oil and gas is, is going to go, we have seen, and I think you have seen that as well, the growing number of members in the hydrogen council it's, mm -hmm. it's just yeah. being you know increased astronomical mm -hmm. um many of the uh, the the current oil and gas companies and engineering companies are adhering are being members of the hydrogen council because they also detected that there is a shift in paradigm in terms of energy mm -hmm. uh, whether we're going to decarbonize society in the next six months or a year Probably not, but I think things are going in the right direction. For example, BP was, uh, to my knowledge, was one of the first majors that committed a significant amount of, of capital to renewables back in the 80s. Um, you have nowadays Total, for example, looking into solar energy and, mm -hmm. and energy storage. You see Engie making headway also into storage and batteries and green hydrogen. And for example, uh, Kauai in Hawaii, 80% of their power reportedly is uh, renewable. Sempra um, is donating a significant amount of funds for carbon capture, which is one of the cores of the blue hydrogen technology. And uh, a, a number of refineries are also looking into taking into their feedstocks, biofeedstocks from biofuels or renewable energy. So we do see this shift of the big oil and gas companies um, looking into the future and, and how they should adapt into these this new change that's happening of this energy shift from a more green approach, a more alternative approach, rather than the, the, the fossil fuel only. One example, it's Next Era. Next Era, for example, has, you know, a market value almost the size of Exxon. So mm -hmm. we see that alternate energies and, and, and renewable energies are playing a more important role as we go. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think, you know, you're right. The, the, um, the larger energy majors as some, as well as, uh, the smaller ones, the ones who traditionally, you know, um, had the bulk of their business in, uh, conventional oil and gas are, uh, they see, they definitely see the writing on the wall and they see that, um, you know, there's a, the transitions in play and, you know, the, the sooner the investments get made in the areas where the future of energy is, um, unfolding, you know, the better, um, so with that, with that in mind, I have a final question for you, and then we're going to wrap up our podcast. So um, just with regard to hydrogen kind of being used as a, a energy or fuel source, which sectors do you see hydrogen being most uh, utilized most heavily in the future, just from your own personal point of view? 
Well, I think, you know, one important thing is to, to, to observe where are the carbon emissions coming from today. Most of them are from power, industrial applications, and transportation. So that's where we actually see where there's going to be uh, a need and a focus um, with the, the, the establishment of a green ammonia, with the establishment of, of transportation. Uh, I just saw an, an article that uh, uh, there's going to be uh, specific uh, trains run on hydrogen in Europe. Uh, you can see things evolving from two Two particular areas I would say is going to be transportation and that has to do a lot with public opinion but more than that I think it's going to be empowered generation which is by far the, the most important piece of, of, of the pie if you will of um, CO2 emissions which account uh, between 40 to 45 percent of, of our carbon emissions in terms of CO2. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I think, we'll, I think you will definitely see those initiatives in those areas um, wherever the decarbonization is needed the most. So, uh, Dr. Engel, I want to thank you for being uh, our podcast guest this week and um, appreciate you being on H2 Tech Talk. And uh, just again to our audience out there, I uh, want to remind you to please subscribe and share the podcast. Um, you can find us on iTunes or Blueberry and you can subscribe uh, from there. So again, David, thank you so much. Appreciate you being with us and um, we'll talk to you next week.